Welcome to the Don Pravda and Erica Gray Show, The Twist. Welcome, folks, to The Twist, where you come for news with a twist. And today I'm going to make an announcement. I will be conducting interviews on The Twist, and you're going to want to stay tuned for those because I promise you they will be very interesting and informative. The first bit of news I want to talk about has to do with my home state of Connecticut. And the reason I'm going to talk about this is because my little state, which is a little dinky state with about 3 million people, has just totally upset the Indian community in India and is making it on the Indian airwaves because we recognized the anniversary of a declaration of Sikh independence from India. This is shocking that the state of Connecticut would do such a thing. And I saw the headlines and the document that's within our state that actually does this. And India is basically calling on Joe Biden to intervene and do something about this. Connecticut is known as being one of the more educated states in the union because we have many movers and shakers who are part of the state who work in New York and in leading industries. And it is just so shocking that a state that is known for intelligence would come out with something like this at a time when the United States is trying to court India into its camp, which it's not going to succeed at, by the way, because the India is not going to tow the line of the West, and the Indian commentators are very critical of the unipolar U.S. policy. But in that light, now you add this, and it is not good. So I wanted to talk about this first because I am from Connecticut and this happened in my home state. Probably something you've not heard or paid attention to, but of course it caught my attention for two reasons. Not only because I live here, but also because it's shocking what was actually declared and how upsetting this would be to India. Meanwhile, the European Union has just issued more sanctions concerning the Russia-Ukraine war. But one set of sanctions has to do with censorship. The European Union is going to pull three news outlets that are Russian-owned from off the planet in Europe, or that part of the planet, and this is censorship. When you eliminate news outlets because they're not broadcasting what you say is your version of truth or what you call propaganda. This is censorship. It's one thing if an outlet is promoting out and out fake, false truths, lies, conspiracies, but it's another when you have facts that are just plainly disputed. And I follow news from all over the world. I'm following China, Russia, India, European Union, some United States. You can really tune in on the various viewpoints based on where the outlet is from. And you can see the facts both relayed on both parts that sound very well documented. So 
the fact that they are just out now eliminating these outlets is just pure censorship. And we also have that going on now in the United States. You have Google and YouTube and Twitter, which also just eliminates various people, points of view. And it's one thing, again, if you are eliminating fake news or or things that cannot be documented, or you want to highlight that those things cannot be documented, but to completely censor an entire channel, which by the way, the European Commission also funds various news outlets, but I guess the outlets that it funds that are part of its state are okay. But now if it's part of Russia's, it's not okay. And I understand that there will, there are pieces of legitimacy to what Europe might be saying, but maybe those pieces can have some kind of warning like they do on Facebook versus just pulling the entire network. And so we have going on something just very frightening. You've got cancel culture in the United States, which doesn't allow you to say or do certain things. Or if you write on certain things, those things might not be published because you might be penalized by YouTube or Google. And now we even have this as well with freedom of speech on how we might view a war or what is going on, or what the conflict is on both sides. And it's very, very scary. This is very scary that we're heading into now censorship as part of sanctions. It's bad enough that the United States wanted to completely eliminate Russian culture from the United States on the part of this war, forgetting that it has launched its own wars, forgetting that it did not allow missiles from Cuba, but yet Russia is supposed to tolerate missiles from Ukraine, forgetting so much. And it's almost as if we're just in a time where everything doesn't make sense and the nations are really going forward very much with their own agendas. And if the European Union is going to censor Russia, it also needs to censor some of the Chinese channels which are saying the exact same thing. Moreover, providing more facts in certain areas on the same issues that Russia is bringing up. As a matter of fact, on a Chinese channel was a very interesting piece from a European Union parliamentarian who stated that the United States is actually keeping the war going, that the United States is the only one benefiting. It states that the U.S. benefits the most from Ukraine crisis, European Parliament member, that we're benefiting by what we're earning in gas, as well as in selling defense weapons, our weapons to Ukraine and sending those over and the cost and how it boosts our economy. And who put this out but CGTN is funded in whole or in part by the Chinese government. So if the EU wants to censor Russia, they might as well also censor China. And this is a very scary time that we're entering. 
And it's not just the European Union that's guilty. It's also the United States that's guilty. Now, the sanctions that were just issued, there's another very worrying set of sanctions on the horizon. And these, on the 3rd of May, yesterday, were signed in by Vladimir Putin and they're Russia's new tit-for-tat sanctions. And what he is now going to do is retaliatory restrictive measures on their exporting raw materials and products from Russia in the interests of these individuals. Now, their raw materials, Russia is the commodity king in the world. And if it now decides to stop exporting raw materials, if we thought we've already seen inflation, there was an excellent article in Yahoo News about the ripple effect of the worsening global food crisis that has caused a disturbance to the world's supply chains, driving up the cost of fuel, creating a scarcity of grains and fertilizer, making 2022 the worst year from a food crisis and global hunger and starvation perspective. This is now going to get worse. So we're in this sanction war where the United States, Europe issue sanctions and Russia fires back. And now we have the Fed raising rates. We've got inflation. There was an item I went to go get in the supermarket, 40 cents more in literally a week. And that's just the tip of the iceberg on some of the prices that I've seen rising incredibly, a dollar more an item. And this isn't just one item. This is many things that you're purchasing in the supermarket. So this is very, very scary times. These sanctions, boomerang sanctions, You have everybody in there with their own agenda, wanting their own benefits out of this war. The United States keeping it going. Nobody will sit down at a table. If they sit down at a table, nobody's going to give anything. And the United States citizens are now suffering because of the high prices. So this is a very, very difficult, very, very difficult time that we're now seeing. Meanwhile, in the news today, uh, Germany's Chancellor Schultz says Ukraine must help mend ties after its president visit debacle in which the a president was shunned because of the gas pipeline, the Nord Stream 2. And it states the article in Reuters that Ukraine's ambassador to Germany has called Schultz an offended liver sausage for refusing to visit the country before President Frank-Walter Steinmeier is welcomed there. It is a problem for the German government and for the German people that the president was asked not to come, Schultz told reporters following talks with his cabinet. Ukraine must also play its part. The row has put an awkward twist on relations at a time when Germany's opposition to Russia's invasion is crucial to Ukraine, given its weight in the European Union and the bloc's deliberations on sanctions against Moscow. Steinheimer had planned to visit the Ukrainian capital in April, but the trip was canceled, causing a scandal in Germany where policymakers have been scrambling to reverse a long 
long-standing change through trade approach to dealing with Russia. So we see a little riff, a little tiff going on there. And this is understandable because as I have stated in this broadcast, a lot of a motivating factor in Ukraine is there's a lot of money around that current pipeline that runs through Ukraine where rent is being paid and you have deals with U.S. politicians that are bolstering up the government in Ukraine. So of course, the pipeline in Germany is considered a big no-no. And this is not just about Russia. This is about money. And I've talked about that on previous episodes of The Twist. So this is a recap. In addition, with Israel, you have Lavrov, who made a statement and stated that probably he wasn't sure, but that Adolf Hitler was said to have had Jewish ancestry. And that has set off a conflict right now between Israel and the, and Russia. And they're on very, very good terms, but that was very, very upsetting uh, to many Jews when Israel, when, excuse me, when Lavrov had stated that, but he did state that he did not, he was not stating it as an actual fact, but as something that was stated. And I actually had heard that many years ago. So it was, it's good reading on the information that actually came out on the rumors concerning that topic. And me personally, I think that some of this is playing out in the media and it's playing out a little bit uh, dramatic, but I don't know that at the end of the day, it's really going to completely hurt the relations Russia allows the Jews a lot of freedom within Russia for their synagogues, for their faith, their rabbis, and I don't know if that's really going to eliminate that relationship. And Russia and Israel also are working on a pending trade pact with Israel and the Eurasian Union, which is Russia's pact. And I don't think that this is going to interfere with that trade pact either. Again, I think this is getting some media play and playing out in the media as very dramatic. And sometimes you have to watch what plays out in the media because editors might do that because it gets views and it gets some readership. Moreover, in other news, while this does not relate to world news, it's also very concerning that Dave Chappelle was tackled while performing on stage by a knife-wielding person in the audience and literally tackled to the ground. And then you had the episode with Will Smith and this rage that just came from him. And we're seeing just this level of intolerance tolerance now even affecting entertainers as they are on stage. And not only do we see this level of intolerance out in the entertainment world, out in the regular world, but we're also seeing it in world affairs. And you're seeing it with the nations, the empires in a race to come out as the leading empire, to come out as the one with the economy that is just the strongest, their most powerful, that they are the most powerful, that they are 
writing the rules on the world stage. And this, the European Union takes the lead and takes the cake and their Digital Services Act is going to do that very thing. It is rewriting the rules for the internet. They're rewriting other rules as well that if you want to trade with their vast empire, you have to follow along. Thierry Breton, the European Commissioner for the Internal Market, came out and threatened Elon Musk when he purchased Twitter and stated that he had better follow their rules. And folks, that did not make it into mainstream media, that statement, but it was stated because that empire is beginning to write the rules. And Ursula von der Leyen, the European Union Commission president, just met with Prime Minister Modi of India, and they are working towards a comprehensive trade pact. Now, the trade pact between India and the European Union has been on the shelf for some time, but that's being resurrected. And when you have the European Union have a comprehensive trade pact that's coming in the future with India, with its 1.3 billion citizens, with its growing economy, you are going to have an even stronger empire, which I will be reporting on this channel, The Twist, and keeping you updated on which empire is in the lead, what the empires are doing, because this is like a chess game. Well, folks, till next time, God bless, and stay tuned for more. Tune in next time for more from Don Provder and Erica Gray for their twist on world news.